It says, lay not wait, a wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Somebody say, that's me. Against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. <clears throat> Verse 16. For a just man falleth, how many times? And riseth up again. Some of y'all in here are still tripping because of one mistake you made. Let me read that one more time. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Somebody say, when a, right, when a righteous man falls, what happens? He always gets back up. Hallelujah. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. In other words, it says, but the wicked, when they fall, there's nobody there to make sure they get back up. How many's ever heard this verse before? How many knows exactly what it means? <laughs> All right. We're going to learn something tonight. Who's ready to learn something? All right, now listen here. Now, many of us have heard this verse many times, but a lot of us, we don't really know what it means. You know, we take it, we say, okay, uh, God's always going to make sure I get back up. But what exactly does that mean? Oftentimes, if you notice anything about God, He will explain to you, what your destiny is. Amen? He, he's not going to leave you in the dark. He wants you to know what He's called you to do. You believe that? Absolutely. He wants you to know what your purpose is in His plan. He does not leave you in any gray areas or dark areas, but He wants you to know that. But how many knows that God doesn't always tell you every step? <laughs> oh, that's where the fun comes in, isn't it? See, God will tell you He's going to bless you, but He don't tell you how He's going to bless you. He will tell you, how, uh, you're going to have a big business, or you're going to have a big ministry, or you're going to have a big this or that, but He doesn't tell you every step on how to get there. Amen? Somebody say, that's where trust comes in. That's where faith comes in. If you knew every step, if you knew every decision to make, right when to make it, you wouldn't need to trust God. Amen? You wouldn't need to believe Him. But God leaves, leaves bits and pieces. And, and one of the biggest things that God will leave out of, of not revealing to you is the process. Somebody say the process. Yeah. You see, every promise that God makes unto you, everything that He's called you to do, destined you to do, purposed you to do, He has a process to make you into that. See, I need you to understand, some of you are, are looking at God and saying, God, you found the wrong person. How many's ever done that? God told you to do something, you say, you found the wrong person. No, He found the exact right person. You see, when God calls you, He does not call the equipped. You've heard that many times, but He equips the called. In other words, He wants to call people that there's no way in, in God's green earth that you could achieve this without Him. Oh, somebody better give me some praise on that. Because you see, if it was up to man, none of you would receive what God wants you to receive. I need you to get that. Yo, come on now. If it was up to other people, you would not go where God wants you to go. But as you've heard me say many times, I'm so glad that my destiny is not determined by people. Oh, come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't stop me. Now listen right here. So he says a righteous man will fall seven times. For if a righteous man falls seven times, 
when he arrives, he will arise, right? He will get back up. Now, I want you to see something right here. How many's ever heard of predestination? Come on. Predestination. I'm going to explain to you tonight, and I'm going to teach, on you, uh, teach to you tonight on what predestination means. Now, why is it... Now, now, what's the difference between a righteous man and an unrighteous man? The righteous man gets up from his troubles, right? No matter what he faces, no matter what comes his way, he's got the assurance that God is going to turn this for good for him. Amen? The wicked, on the other hand, what's the difference? The wicked do not get back up. The wicked stay down. Why? Because they have not the assurance. You say, well, I see all these people out there. They're millionaires. uh, They're Hollywood stars. They've got this and that. They have no guarantee. I would rather be a millionaire in the Lord than a millionaire in the world. Because you see, if I'm a millionaire in the Lord, I have a guarantee. Somebody say amen. If God gives me something, I have a guarantee. But see, when you're in the world, you don't have that. So where does so what was the difference? Somebody say grace. Now you've heard me say this before. There's a message of grace going around today that is twisted. It's been perverted. You say in what way? It's been used as a license to do whatever you want to do and then just stamp God's grace on it. That's not how it works. You've heard me say this many times. God's grace empowers me toward the will of God, towards my destiny. So picture this right here. Every person in this building has a specific purpose that God has played out. Nobody can take your place. Now, need you see this. God created you like nobody else to do something that nobody else would do. Somebody say amen. That's right. Now watch this. He gave you grace according to what he purposed and called you to do so that he could make sure that you would achieve what he promised you or that you would achieve what he purposed you to do and that you would receive what he promised you that you would receive. Somebody say that is grace. Listen to this right here. 1 Corinthians 15.10 It says, But by the what? Grace of God, I am what I am. And in His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. In case you don't know who said this, this was Paul saying this. Now, I need you to see this right here. Paul said, I am what I am. Now, we preach on Paul all the time, don't we? We preach on all the things that he taught us in the Word of God, all the, re- all the revelations that God gave him in the Word. Do you know that Paul said all that was achieved by God's grace? He didn't say, I sinned like the devil by the grace of God. I went out here and got drunk by the grace of God. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, I am what I am in God by His grace. Amen? Now, now go to Romans real quick. This is something else he also said. He said, and we know that what? All things work together for what? Somebody say the good, the bad, the ugly. It works to what? Good. To them that what? 
love God and to them who are what? Called according to His what? For whom He did foreknow. Somebody say, He knew me before I knew myself. He also did what? Predestinate. There's that word now. For, uh, for, he, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of whom? His son. Somebody say Jesus. That he might be the, for, the firstborn among many brethren. So Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And then he goes on to say, everything in my life that happens, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's ugly, whether I was certain about it or uncertain, whether I seen it coming or I didn't see it coming, he said it all turns for the good and it all helps me in achieving the purpose and the, and the destiny that God has put on my life. Why? Because God predestinated me to be who I am in Him. Now here's the part, now watch this. Here's the part where people say, well, hold on a minute. Well, you know what, let me get on to that for a second. Let me say this first. Write this down in your notes. I don't want to jump ahead. Write this down in your notes. God told me this, it's been a, a while back. But he told me this one day. I was out in prayer, and he said, he said, I'm honoring you now for things that you've not done yet. Think about what I just said. He said, I'm honoring you now for things that you've not even done yet. That's deep, isn't it? You say, what are you saying? See... Many of you would have looked at Paul and said, I don't want him. Come on. I don't want him. He's not qualified. He's out here killing Christians. He's out here persecuting them, putting them in prison. I don't want Paul. He's not the perfect candidate. He's not the perfect one that, for this job. I'm not going to call him. So now, now he deserved. Now, if we're looking on a man's point of view, Paul deserved to be put in prison. And he later did. Come on. Paul deserved to be killed over the things that he did. A lot of times you read in Paul's epistles on how he struggled even after God had did what he'd done in his life on how he still struggled at times with what he did in his past. Has anybody ever still struggled with what you've done in your past? Oh, come on. So, so you would agree with me tonight that most of us, we wouldn't have picked Paul. We wouldn't have said, oh man, that's the guy right there that's going to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Of course not. Right? Because guess what? We didn't what? Foreknow. We didn't know what Paul was going to do later on in his life, did we? You see, we have a limited perspective on people. We have a limited perspective on situations in our life. Come on. There's many times we look around at situations and we say, this doesn't fit God's plan for me. Oh, come on, I'm going somewhere. We look around at stuff and we say, this doesn't fit God's plan. I know what God promised me. I know what God said I'm going to do. And this right here, I just know it doesn't fit the plan. But God knows better than you do. You see, you see I need you to get something right now. I want you to really think. You may not be blessed right now 
because of what you're doing at this very moment. You just might be blessed right now because of what God knows you're going to do in the future. <laughs> Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to make me think tonight. So watch this. While Paul was the quote-unquote chief of sinners, as he said, as Paul was the chief of sinners, here comes Jesus saying, I want him. While everybody else said, this is not God's man, Jesus went over here and said, I want this guy right here. Can we take a moment right now and just thank God that he didn't pick you based on man's perspective about you? Come on. But he said, I want them. When nobody else wanted you, God said, I want you. You're exactly what I've been looking for. Because you, Now listen to this. Now, if there was anybody that could preach on the grace of God, it was Paul, right? Because he received a whole lot of it. He received a whole lot of grace. So he understood what God's grace was. And you see right here, listen, the, why did God give him such a grace? Because he knew. What did he do? He knew that Paul would give him his everything. He knew that Paul, just as dedicated and devoted as Paul was as to killing the way and burning it out, that he knew that when God's grace was put upon him, come on, God, later on Paul said, He covered me in my ignorance. He covered me when I was acting foolish. And right there I could stop and preach for a minute because some of us, God covered you while you were acting foolish. Come on. God covered you in your ignorance. He covered me in my ignorance because he knew. Somebody say he foreknew. He foreknew that I was going to be one day right here preaching his word. My God, if that don't make you happy, if that don't make you happy, I don't know what's going to make you happy. You see, it just shows you how in control God really is. You see, because oftentimes things happen in our life and it shakes us because it kind of gives us the hint that maybe God's not in control of every situation. But let me assure you that He is. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, He is. He's in control. <laughs> I love when God tells me, He'll tell me this often. He'll say, just because it caught you by surprise doesn't mean it caught me by surprise. Sometimes he has to remind me of that, amen? Sometimes he has to remind us, hey, I'm not surprised by this. I knew this was going to come. I knew brother, sister, so-and-so wasn't going to listen to what I said. I knew this and I knew that, and I'm still working it all out in my plan. Somebody say, that's my God. So God says, I'm honoring you for things that you've not yet done. I'm positioning you. I'm letting things come into your life and letting things go out of your life to position you to the place that I want you to be. Notice what he said. Romans 8, 28 does not apply for them that are not living for God. Hello? Romans 8, 28 does not apply for them that are not going, uh, that are not going towards the calling and the destiny that God has given them. Romans 8.28 applies for those that says, Yeah, God, sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I, I go all out and I make mistakes. But my whole heart and purpose is to please you. That's what that applies for. 
It applies to those that are righteous in God's eyes. And how did he say a man is righteous? A man is righteous when he believes and trusts God. Amen? He said, the just shall live by faith. So by faith, I am justified. So it's for me when I, sometimes I fall. You say, yeah, you, yeah, me. Sometimes I make mistakes. Sometimes I do things I shouldn't do. Sometimes I say things I shouldn't say. You out there cutting? No, I'm not out there cussing. But sometimes you say the wrong things to people out of anger. Come on. Getting quiet. But through it all. Sometimes I go through things in life and I say, God, there's no way that this can be a part of your plan, but it is. Sometimes I go through things and, and I think, man, this is not pushing me forward. This is pushing me backwards from where I want to be. But it's all a part of God's plan. Why? Because I love Him and I'm called according to His purpose. He has predestinated me to become the image of His Son. I, another thing God told me a while back, He said, as time goes on, you're going to be made more in my image. As time goes on, as you go through many different things, if you are trusting God and you're living by the purpose and the plan that He's called you to have, if you're doing what He's called you to do, He's going to be shaping you and molding you. But what exactly does predestination mean? If you got your uh, notes right now, the word predestination in the Greek is poroadzo. And it means right here, to be marked out. Somebody say, he pulled me out of the multitude. Ooh, Lord. To be marked out, it also means to what? Foreknow. Now write this down. This is going... God knew what you were going to do 10 years from now. While working out things you done 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. While working in your now all at the same time. If you ever wonder what God is doing. How many is doing what you're called to do? How many knows your purpose? How many, how many loves the Lord and you know you're called? Let me tell you what God is doing for you. Watch this. He knows where you're going to be in Him ten years from now. So he's orchestrating things in your life to fit to that plan. Now watch this. At the same time, because you are being obedient unto him now. Now you got to catch this. If you don't listen to me, you're going to miss it. At the same time you're being obedient to him now, he is working in your past right now so that it will not hurt your future. Now watch this. You say, what are you saying? Watch this. Do you know? Now how many knows that your past can come back to haunt you? If you don't do what God said, your past can come back to haunt you. But how many knows that even though we're in the now and we're going to the future... That if we put our hope and trust and faith in God and we live for Him, how many knows and believes that God can be going back to your past and working things out for your favor? I'm trying to tell you who God is. 
So you, you think he's just working in the now. You think he's just on a throne somewhere being praised. I'm telling you that God is in the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. And he's working on your behalf. He's working for your favor. So long as you, listen, so long as you are living for him, there are things, watch this. Now I'm really going to hit home with you. There are things right now that you should be paying for for what you've done in your past. Somebody say, but God. Woo, Jesus. Why? Because he knew. Guess what? You know where you are right now? You're in church. Learning about God, right? You know why, he, why you didn't pay for those things? Because he predestinated you to be in the image of his son. In other words, don't get tripped up on that. Listen, in other words, God knew that you were going to give your life to him. He knew that that situation was going to cause you to turn to him. Are y'all getting this? Is this good? Predestination. So God is always working on my behalf. You'll see a lot of times, watch this, you'll see a lot of times when Israel didn't obey the things of God and the commandments of God, you would see that he would raise up old devils. Old nations back up again to wage war against them. Somebody say, God is working all things to the good of me that loves the Lord and is called according to His purpose. So I'm telling you right now that if you've been called to preach, if you go after it, there's not a devil in hell that can stop you from preaching the Word of God. Come on now. If you've been called to, to do great things for God, God's next evangelist, apostle, pastor, or teacher, if you've been called to do things for God, I'm telling you that as long as you are staying faithful to God, there is nothing in your past, there's nothing in your present, and there's nothing in your future that is going to keep you from the destiny that God has for you. Somebody give Him glory right now. Woo! Can I, you want me to go a little bit deeper? That's why the car crash didn't kill you. That's why the heart attack didn't take you out. Oh my God, somebody better help me in here. You see, that's why that tragedy that came in your life, it didn't wipe you out. There are times in your life you thought you were going to lose your mind, but you're still here. There are times in your life you thought you were on your last leg. You thought you were taking your last breath, but you're still here tonight. I'm telling you that it's nothing you did on your own, but it was because God was ordering your steps. Oh, come on, somebody. It's because God said, the righteous man, the righteous woman, fall down. Seven times, yet they will arise. Somebody say, because there's a mandate on my life. There's a word on my life. You see, there's a word in my life that must come to pass. And as long as I'm faithful to God and I'm doing what I can to push forward into the plan that He has for me, God will see to it that that word manifests. And let me tell you something. Those of you that think, well, it don't matter what I do, God's promises will come to pass. Yo, mama. It will not come to pass. Do you hear me? It will not come to pass. But it will come to pass. 
You say, hold on a minute. What did you say? I said it won't come to pass, but it will come to pass. <laughs> Let me say it like that. You see, brother, if you don't want to do it, God will find somebody else. If you don't want the promise, if you don't want to go after it, God will find somebody that's just itching to get it. <laughs> Come on. You ever heard that saying, there's always somebody bigger at the playground, right? Somebody bigger than you. There's always somebody waiting, saying, God, I want to do something. God, I want to have something great. God, I want to do something great for you. That's just waiting on something to come by. Somebody say predestination. Go to Ephesians 1.11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being what? Predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the what? The counsel of his own will. So anything that God orchestrates and puts into motion in your life is according to what? His will. Come on. Not your will. His will. God, I don't want to do this. I want to do this over here. It don't work that way. He said, I am going to work everything according to the purpose of my will that we should be the to, the to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Now go to the AMP version if we've got it, Dave. Now listen to this. In Him also, this will help you understand this better. In Him also we have received an inheritance, a destiny we were claimed by God. A destiny we were claimed by God as His own. Having been predestinated, uh, predestined, chosen, appointed beforehand according to the purpose of Him who works everything in agreement with the counsel and the design of His will, so that we who were first and the first to hope in Christ, who first put our confidence in Him as our Lord and Savior, would exist to the praise of His glory. How does predestination work? Some people think, now watch this, some people think, and I'm going I'm to explain this to you so you're, not, so you're not deceived by this. Some people think that predestination means that there's nothing you can do. Everything's just going to play out just as God said. How many has ever heard that? doesn't matter what you do, what decision you make. If you've been predestinated, it's, set, it's, it's done, it's finished. You're just playing out the part. Wrong. Right? That's not what predestination means. What does predestination mean? Some of you have heard me use this illustration before and I'll use it again. God might foreknow that you're going to come to a road and a car is going to be coming. Now, you have the choice. Now watch this. Even, God, even if God knows what decision you're going to make, He knows whether you're going to go out in the road and get hit by the car, or if you're going to play it safe and just let the car go by. Even though He knows beforehand, as He said, He's predestinated. He knows beforehand. 
you still have a choice. How many knows that God did not make you go out in front of the car? God didn't make you to stay out of the road as the car passed by. Somebody say free will. See, a lot of people say, well, how can predestination and free will coexist? That doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you why. Just because I know what you're going to do beforehand does not mean that I am beforehand making your choice for you. Amen. So we got to see this. How does predestination work in our life? It works like this. God, before you were ever in your mother's womb, God had a plan and a purpose for you. He had everything mapped out and planned out what He wanted you to to achieve and to receive. Now, what does God do? God tries His very best to orchestrate and do things in your life that will draw you to do what He wants you to do. Watch this. Where do you think... The enemy or Satan learned how to compel people. How many knows he compels people? How many knows he tries to draw and lure people to it? He can't make you. People say the devil made me. No, the devil can't make you do anything. He can lure you. He can compel you. But he can't. you have to have free will. He has free will, right? Watch this. So where do you think the enemy learned how to compel and lure people? From God. What does God do in this whole plan called life? He will compel you. What did he say to Israel? He said, I set before you today a choice between death and life, blessing and curse. And what did he say? He tried to compel them. He said, choose life. That you may be prosperous and your seed after you. Choose life. What was God doing? Was He making them choose? No. Did He already know what they were going to choose? Yes. But what did He do? He was compelling them, right? Are y'all seeing how this works? He was compelling them. You see, all along the way in your life, certain situations and things happen in your life And some of these things you considered curse. Come on. Some of these things, if you had it all to do over again, you'd say, no, I wish that never came in my life. But you got to understand, some of the things in your life that you wish never would have happened, if they never would have happened, you wouldn't be here right now. Oh, come on now. If if the the financial trouble would have never happened with my parents, I know for a fact I would not be here right now. It drove me. You see what I'm saying? It drove me to God. It compelled me to go to God. It lured me to go to God. And you see, all through this thing called life, God says, I orchestrate things and I plan things along the way so that you will, so that you will swerve and sway into my will and my purpose that you have for me. But at the end of the day, guess what? At the end of the day, it's your choice. Your choice. God will compel you. God will lure you. He will tell you what to do. Choose life. Do this. Don't do that over there. He will tell you these things. But at the end of the day, it is your choice. 
Amen? And somebody say, my choices have an outcome. You need to get that in here tonight. Your choices have an outcome. Watch this. So how does God work out things so that His ultimate will will be done? How many knows that God's ultimate will will be done? The will for your life may not come forth. You may choose, hey, I don't want the things of God. I don't want to serve Him. I don't want to live for Him. And God will honor that choice. These people that say God sends people to hell. How can a God of love send people to hell? He didn't send nobody to hell. You sent yourself to hell. You said, I don't want you. He said, okay, go to a place where I'm not at. Come on. He gives you choice. And he knows what you're going to choose. So he tries to orchestrate things to help you make the right choice. Amen. Just as the enemy tries to orchestrate things in your life to make you make the wrong choice. But at the end of the day, somebody say, it's my choice. Aren't you glad for that? That God doesn't make robots? Come on. He could have made you be a robot and worship Him at any time, praise Him at any time, show up to church at any time. He he could have made you just like that, but He didn't do that. You want to know why? Because love gives you a choice. Amen? Love gives you a choice. So God loved you enough to give you a choice. He wants you to choose Him, but He's not going to force you. My God. My God. So how does God make His ultimate will come forth? So your specific will for your life may not come forth, but, what, but make one thing for certain. God's ultimate will will come forth. I don't care who tries to make the world a perfect place. It will never be perfect until Jesus comes back. Why? Because that's what God said. It will never, listen, it will never be perfect until Jesus comes back. Why? Because that's what he said. Can any man stop that? No. That is God's ultimate will. Can you stop the plans of God in your life? Yes. But can you stop the Antichrist from coming forth? No. So you see the difference between will personally and God's ultimate will? God's ultimate will will always be done. He said the tribulation would be seven years long, right? It will not be five. You can't shorten it. You can't make it to five. You can't make it to three. It will be seven, right? Because that's what God said. So we need to get that. So how does God work His ultimate plan? But, but watch this. So how does God most of the time get people to do what He wants them to do in His will? How? The Bible says that even the wicked were made for the purpose of the Lord, for the day of evil. Now watch this. People get tripped up when it says, the Bible says, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart, right? How many's ever read that? How many's ever went, that don't make sense. Why would God do that? But you see, watch this. Somebody say predestination. God knows, look, he, he foreknew what Pharaoh was going to choose. He foreknew that Pharaoh did not want to do the things of God, was not going to do the things of God. So therefore, he used the, the stubbornness of Pharaoh for him to get the glory. 
Some of you are being... Uh, some of you are being confounded by the enemy and you're being pressured by the enemy and you don't think you don't know how in the world you're going to make it through and do all this stuff. Can I assure you something right now? This enemy that you're facing, this enemy that you're up against, do you understand that this enemy works for your daddy? Oh, come on now. Somebody better give him some praise. He works for your daddy. You say, what are you talking about? You think... Satan's not going to give God glory. He's going to give him glory whether he likes it or not. Oh, come on. How? Because the things that the enemy sent to destroy you, God allowed it to come forth. Come on. Somebody say the wicked was even made for his purpose. He allowed it to come forth. But watch this. What did he do? He turned it around for your, for your good for him to get the praise. He turned it around so that he would get the glory in the situation. You see, that's how you can say all things work to the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, see so therefore, let me tell you something. When the enemy's coming and attacking you, don't you sweat it for one second. Because I'm telling you, he's got to answer to your daddy. Come on now, God is his boss. And he, what? He had to get permission to touch Joe. I feel like some of y'all were saying, where's the Bible on that? Let me tell you where the Bible He had to get permission to touch Job. And God didn't say, uh-uh, you're not touching my, my righteous man. No, he said, go ahead. But you can't take his life. I'm, I'm trying to tell you in here tonight, if you're not getting anything else out of this message, I'm trying to tell you that no matter what's going on in your life right now, if you'll just trust God and put your faith in Him, I'm telling you what He promised you is going to come forth. It's all going to work out. It's all pushing you toward the destiny and the plan that God has for you. If you believe that in here tonight, give Him some praise. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. It says, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundations of the world. Somebody say, my goodness. That we should be what? Holy, without blame before Him, in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Why are you in here tonight and saved? Because God chose you to be saved. Now, now here, don't get tripped up. Because a lot of people, again, with predestination, they want to say there's only a few people that's going to be saved and a few people that's not. It don't matter what you do, you're going to be saved or you're either going to be damned. That's not true. The Bible says that it's God's will that none should perish. God didn't, uh, Jesus didn't die for the holy. Come on, better read your Bible. He said, I didn't die for the holy. He didn't die for the clean. But the Bible says he died for the unholy. He died for the unrighteous. 
So even when, oh, come on now. So even when you were in your dysfunction, even when you were acting crazy, when you were out in the world, there was a mandate on your life. God was leading you. He was drawing you out of that into his plan, into his purpose. Do you think for one second that God didn't orchestrate for Paul to go to Damascus? Y'all better hear me in this place. Do you think for one second, even while Paul was at his worst, do you think for one second that God did not orchestrate him to be on that road that day? Somebody turn to your name and say, yes, he did. Why? Because God had a plan. God had a purpose. And what happened? We know the story. He got blinded by a bright light. Jesus said, Paul, why do you persecute me? Why do you kick against the priest? In other words, he says, why do you fight something which is a losing battle? Woo! He said, don't you know that my plans, my purpose for you, it's going to outweigh everything that you've been doing. Can I tell you something in here tonight? I don't care where you've been. I don't care what side of the tracks you grew up on. If God has a plan and a purpose for you, let me tell you something. He's going to orchestrate things in your life to get his plan in effect for you. Woo, glory. You're not here by accident. You're not here by just because you decided to come tonight. Somebody persuaded you to come. You say, okay, I have a choice. Now watch this. We all have choices, right? But there's always something that persuades us to make the choices we make. Are y'all getting this? Everything you do. You chose to eat because something made you make that choice, right? <laughs> something made you make that choice. Something made Paul. Say, I've got to go to Damascus. I'm trying to tell y'all who God is. Somebody, something made Paul say, we're going to take this road right here. This is Paul speaking. Write this down. Know that God wanted you to have certain things in your life, certain things, and to accomplish specific things that He laid moments in your life to direct you to them. This is how good God is. Somebody say, He will exhaust everything to try to get to you what He wants you to have. If God shuts the door on you, watch this. That means he exhausted every other thing that he could do to try to get you to come. Some of you, watch this. Some of you have loved ones. Have loved ones that have died. Early death. And you know, listen, they had choice after choice, didn't they? Chance after chance. Chance after chance. And what happened? One day, the chances were over. But you can never go to God <clears throat> and say, God, you didn't try everything you could do to reach to that person. 
We give up on people. Come on. We get tired. Five minutes, we're ready. Let's be done with them, Lord. Come on. But God, in His love, exhausts everything that He can do to try to get them into His plan and His will. But there even comes a point with God where God says, I'm done. Now, now most churches, they're not going to teach you that. They're going to teach you, oh, it don't matter how many times. It don't matter. No, there will come a time where God says, I'm done. I'm moving on to somebody else. That's why it's so dangerous. Listen to me, church. That's why it's so dangerous not to obey the voice of God. Not to listen to what He told you to do. That's dangerous. Because, number one, He's protecting you. Number two, He's trying to get what He wants for you into your life. So know that. Proverbs 37, 23. It says, Be thou diligent to know the state... I don't know what that is. I messed something up. Anyways, listen. If you've ever wondered, after all the times you've messed up, after all the times you fell on your face, but you still made it here, can I assure you in here tonight that it was only because of the grace of God in your life. It was only because that God had a plan and a purpose for you. So therefore, this is what Paul was talking about when he said... It's by grace that we are saved. That Therefore, no man can boast in it. Those of you that's here tonight, watch this. You cannot take credit and say, I'm here today. I know God today. All because I've done this and I've done that. You are only here tonight. You only know what you know about God because of His grace on your life. Come on. And the only reason you made it out of that tragedy and you know others that went through similar things as you did and did not make it out because God had a plan and a purpose for your life. So let me tell you something. That will get you humbled real quick. It will will let you know that you're not all that in a bag of potato chips. That everything that's happened in my life, there's been times where the enemy's tried to kill me. You hear me, church? There's been times the enemy has tried to kill me. There's been times he's tried to wipe out my family. There's been times he's tried to take what God has promised me. But he's defeated. You hear what I said? He's defeated. As long as I do what God has called me to do, as long as I stay focused and determined on the purpose and the plan God has for me, I cannot lose. Come on, somebody. You cannot lose. You see, you only lose your praise. Now, we talked about praise Sunday. You only lose your praise... When you forget about all the times that God kept you. When you forget about all the times when you should have been dead, but you're still here. See, that's when you, that's when you lose your praise. But see, Paul said, I am what I am. By the grace of God. 
The only reason I'm here. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. God was saying, or Paul was saying, all things work to together them that, uh, for the good of them that love the Lord and, and are called according to His purpose. He was saying that when he was shipwrecked, beaten, ridiculed, come on, sometimes hungry, cold. He was saying that then just as much as he was saying it when people were saying, oh, these men are gods because they seen the miracles that he and Barnabas had done. You see, watch this. When you learn that God has planned your life out, when you learn that God is going to see to it that he gets you everything that He promised you. Then you can step back in the trouble, in the pain, in the suffering, in the uncertainty, and say, God, I know that you're working all this out for my favor. I know that you're working this to the good for me. I know that sooner or later, it's going to turn in my favor. Because he has a plan and a purpose for it. Somebody come up and play the piano. I got one more scripture for you. This one should be right. 2 Peter 3, 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his what? Promise. As some men count slackness. How many has ever said, God... Come on, come on, come on, times wait, come on, we got to get this thing done. You, you, you're stumbling over your feet. How many has ever done that? But he's long-suffering. To whom? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now you say, no, that's talking about salvation. Yeah, but do you know that every other promise is just as powerful as the promise of salvation to you? Hello? Just as strong. Now watch this. Sometimes God gives us promises and things happen in our life and we get impatient and we say, God, what's going on? We need to get this thing done. Uh, <clears throat> I, I should have done had what you promised me. All these things. Come on. But watch this. How many has received a promise from God? Do you know that people are tied to it? Listen to me now. Do you know that people are tied to it? You thought God was just going to take you somewhere and leave everybody else? Come on. People are tied. Now listen to me. People are tied to your promise. That's why, listen to me, that's why it's so important that you are doing what God told you to do because watch this, if you're not, you're holding back somebody's promise. Or did you hear me? Why? Because you are a part of that promise that God made them. So watch this. So God 
is not wasting time. Watch this. God's not wasting time. He's not just stumbling on his feet. He's not just trying to drag this thing out. He's trying to make sure that all the people that he wanted you to take with you are going to go with you. You won't hear this in church, but I'm telling you. Say, how do you know? I'm living proof. So watch this. If the promise has not came forth, there's always a reason. Either you're not doing what you're supposed to do, or you are, but you're having to wait on other people to get into the place to go with you. How many knows that God's heart is family? How many knows that? The whole reason of sending Jesus was so that God would have a family. The whole reason. Now watch this. So that's exactly what he's saying. How many years have you been hearing Jesus is going to come back? Come on. All your life. The older generation, how many? You've heard it all your life. And so on and so on. We've heard this over the years. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And some people say, well, why hasn't he came back yet? Because he wants to bring as many family members to heaven as he can. His will is that none should perish. Can we stand to our feet tonight and just lift our hands and just thank God for his amazing love?